Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Not Over It. I'm Becky Kirsch, the managing editor of Pop Sugar. And I'm Zareen Siddiqui, the director of audience development at Pop Sugar. Zareen, how are you doing this week? I'm doing well. You know, I just moved into a brand new apartment, got to deal with a lot of moving logistics. I will die in this apartment. I'm never moving again. But all things considered, I'm doing great. Well, that's good. Let's uh, let's hear about your Not Over It for the week. Okay. Well, not to be dark, but my not over it is definitely, um, I'm not over the fact that Mia Farrow, who seemingly loves to collect children as a full-time hobby, thought it was a great idea to date a guy who doesn't like kids. If you're unclear what I'm referring to, Alan V. Farrow premiered on HBO Max recently. It's a four-part documentary series that goes into like some heavy detail regarding like the abuse allegations against Woody Allen, but the entire thing is just... It's a, it was I've only seen the first episode, but it was a lot to take in. And most of it just doesn't make sense from I don't understand how these two people got together in the first place, referring to Mia and Woody. And I know we discussed this also when we were watching it in real time together. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, a lot of people like want to debate about did he do it or did he not do it? But my, my general feeling on it has been that both these people seem various levels of um, deranged. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's been my consensus so far as well. So that is my not over it for the week. What about you? Well, mine's a little lighter. Nice. It has nothing to do with um, true crime, if you can call it that. Um, I am not over how well Reggae Jean Page's publicist is promoting his career and working. Um, If you don't know Reggae Jean Page by name, he was the Duke Simon on Bridgerton, which premiered on Netflix back in December. And I, the show was a breakout hit for Netflix, but I didn't feel like it was that much more of a phenomenon than some of the other shows that have. Right. Yeah. I feel premiered. like it got, it got a lot of attention, but I wasn't like out of the ordinary in terms of, oh my God, these actors are so talented. The storyline is amazing. It just got a lot of hype but i don't know if it was more or less than any other show that's right well like i mean it got a lot of attention for being very sexy and uh yeah. he got a lot of attention for being sexy and hot which i do feel like happens almost every time a netflix show comes out i mean the thirst for reggae jean seems to be more intense than the thirst for lucas bravo after emily in paris but not as intense as the thirst for noah centineo after the first that was like boys. a really quick climb and then it burned real fast but Noah. still, but right now, my point is now Reggae Jean Page is at the beginning of his climb. And I sort of felt like Bridgerton 
had you know, was starting to wind down. But now it's like Reggae Jean Page uh, yeah. hosted SNL. Reggae Jean Page was nominated for a Screen Actors Guild Award. I mean, the fact that anyone from Richardson was nominated for an acting award is insane to me. But he specifically was the only, the whole cast was nominated, but he specifically was also nominated. And he was on the Time 100 Next list of performers to watch next to like Amanda Gorman. <laughs> I mean, good for him. I just good, um, good for him, but rude to Amanda Gorman. Like, to I'm just like his his effort. publicist is doing amazing. I really enjoyed the SNL short that Bad Bunny was part of, where he played the plant. To be honest, it was like one of the best episodes I've seen this season. It was a thoroughly enjoyable from start to finish, and I haven't felt that from an SNL episode. So good for Reggae Jean Page, and also good for Bad Bunny, but also rude of snl to like not introduce rosalia when she performed with bad bunny i feel like they didn't acknowledge her at all and i don't know if that's like a thing that they do they don't that they actually now that i think about it i i have never noticed before that they introduced the featuring unless they're part of the hosting i don't know why i'm thinking specifically about when um chance the rapper hosted with megan the stallion and that was before megan the stallion had really exploded everywhere and i think at the end they probably thanked her but they don't they don't say like here's bad bunny featuring rosalia okay for some reason i was like wow this is very rude they probably i mean they should but i think maybe that's part of the mystery of who who will be out there okay so let's get into what this episode is about it is actually not about the tv shows we've been watching but about the movies that we've been watching at home. So as we all know, the movie industry has been hugely affected by the pandemic with many movies that were set to re- be released last year were pushed back. Some of them pushed back many times. Remember when that Marvel movie Black Widow was supposed to come out last spring and they have reset the release date so many times. They reset the release date for Wonder Woman a lot of times and basically any major blockbuster has been pushed back because they don't want to release it at home if they can right. avoid it. And as we move closer toward the light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccines and, you know, things starting to open up, New York City just announced they'll be reopening to 25% capacity, which is a big deal. I mean, movie theaters have been open in some other places throughout the pandemic, but not here. No. So it's starting to feel like theaters will be able to actually push out their big blockbusters again. Right. But I think closer to the summer is what people are aiming for. Right. Hopefully. We don't know. We don't know. But in the meantime, we've all been sitting at home watching movies. And towards the end of last year, you started to see some of these big releases just getting pushed out on right. streaming platforms, subscription services. Right. And I think the biggest thing that's come out of here is Warner Brothers announcing at the end of last year that they're going to start making all the new movies available on HBO Max for a limited amount of time, as well as like releasing them in the theater which is a big deal because obviously they have a huge slate of movies. And at the same time, Netflix has also announced um, that they are going to be releasing, you know, a new movie per week. It's obviously a varied mix of content, but this is so much coming to you directly at home that will people even go to the movies to watch anything now? If it's available at home, like what? I don't know. I don't know the thought process to me. Like to me, I'm like, I've gotten used to being on the couch. And like, right. I'm, I'm good with that, I think. And thus begins today's episode where we're going to talk about the new movies that we can watch at home as well 
as the movies that we probably are still going to have to go to the theater for. But will we? I'm just not elite yet until I'm not vaxxed. I'm not elite. So I can't I can't go to the movie theater out in the wild like that. You know? Well, yeah. Well, it's a combination of do you want to risk it if you have to risk it? And do do you want to see whatever movies are actually going to come out depending on you know, what they decide to continue with the assigned release date. I mostly, I don't want to wear, I don't want to wear a mask for three hours. I think that's my biggest thing. If I was vaccinated, I mean, 25% capacity is my ideal movie theater experience. I hate when people say right next to me. Yeah. I went to Trader Joe's the other week, the first time back in the city. And I, the limited capacity is truly, I want to live this way forever. It's so pleasant. But yeah, a large part of going to the movies for me is snacking. I can't eat while I'm there. Well, I didn't think about that. That's a large part of the movie theater industry for them, too, considering how much money they make on that popcorn. So what was the last movie that you watched at the movies? Like in the theater? Yeah, like you physically went to a movie theater. Oh, pre-pandemic. It was like pre-pre-pandemic. Yeah, because I thought about this because, you know, traditionally at the beginning of the year is not when the best movies come out. So unless you're going to catch up on some award season movie, you're not usually... um, checking things out in like january so the last movie i saw in the theater was in december 2019 between christmas and new year's i saw um little women and then the next years ago (laughs) the next day i saw uncut gems the next day yes i had two friends who were visiting and she really wanted to see little women and he wanted to see uncut gems so we saw one movie after another but the sad part is I wasn't feeling great on the day we saw Uncut Gems, and I definitely fell asleep a little bit at the beginning of that movie. That's not allowed. So now when I look back on it, I'm like, that's sad. That Had I known that was the last time I was going to be in a movie theater for a year and a half. But, you know, and when I saw Little Women, we had to sit in the third row, which I was staunchly against. So that wasn't the greatest viewing experience either, except for the fact that you got real close to Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, that was a good movie. What was the last movie you saw? I saw, I saw nineteen seventeen, that um, war movie, which was oh yeah. Now looking back on it, I'm I'm glad I watched it in the theater because I I don't think that movie would have the same effect on me if I had watched it on my couch. Because I would have the entire time I'd be like, it's too loud, turn it down. Like I don't want to. <laughs> and so I think the overall experience of watching it in the theater was like what made it so such a good movie. And I'm not usually a person that loves war movies, but here I am advocating for 1917. I felt the opposite way about watching Wonder Woman 1984 at home. <laughs> I think I enjoyed it more because I watched it at home. You know, people, that movie got such bad reviews, but I was like, I'm, not I'm like at a- home. I can yeah. answer my text during this movie. Like I can go get some snacks. I can live comment on the things that I think are weird or interesting and I can get up at any time. And I'm not a big think- fan of the Wonder Woman movies is chris pine in the second one he's in both the first and second well maybe i'll watch it okay well speaking of wonder woman that's a nice segue into talking more about some of the movies that are premiering on hbo max along with movies that are in the theater because that was actually the first one that warner brothers pushed out most of these are big blockbuster movies which is why it's kind of crazy that they're going to be available at home a lot of sequels you got The Matrix 4, The Suicide Squad, The Conjuring 14, or whatever that is, Space Jam, A New Legacy, 
I know you're very excited about Mortal Kombat. I am. I know you love the theme song that you think doesn't exist, but definitely exists. The theme song of Mortal Kombat? Yeah, there was a theme song. What? Okay, it's going to be playing in the background right now as I'm talking. I just, I watched the trailer for this the other day and I did not notice a theme song. I did notice that they included the iconic line, get over here. That was the the crowd pleaser of the trailer, clearly. Finish him. Flawless victory. I want that video game back. Um, it is, it's, it's kind of wild to think that all of these movies are going to be available just like sitting at home on your couch with these huge stars. Speaking of, I watched the little things that came out towards the end of January with Denzel Washington and Rami Malek and Jared Leto, which is a, a pretty big, you know, star studded cast. And it was wild that I was like, Oh, I can just like sit at home and watch this with my mom. Okay. And it would, I mean, it's a pretty good movie. It's like the ending will, will sort of leave you a little bit disappointed, but overall the experience was nice. And also it's Denzel Washington. Like, why would you not opt into that? And then I watched Remember the Titans after. I feel like you perfectly sold that as a movie that I probably would never see in the theater. If you were like, this movie was okay and it has a terrible ending. There's no way I'm paying to see that movie. But terrible ending. It's just, it's one of those movies where you're like, damn, all these actors are so good. And Jared Leto is so good at being a total fucking creep as usual. But then it just all kind of falls. I don't know. Maybe other people like the ending. I don't know. I don't know everybody's opinions. I haven't met everybody. But well, Jared Leto got nominated for a Golden Globe for his performance in that movie, so maybe I'll check it out for that. Um, yeah. I recently watched Judas and the Black Messiah, which is the exact type of movie that I was excited to be able to watch at home. I would have gladly paid money to see it in the theater, but it's not the kind of movie that you feel like you're missing out by not seeing it. On the big screen, it is the kind of movie that I would have been annoyed to watch while other people were talking the whole time, which is all movies for me. But in particular, you really want to observe the performances. Daniel Kaluuya plays Fred Hampton in it, and he's really great. And Lakeith Stanfield. Lakeith Stanfield is amazing in everything. I would watch him in all of the things. Um, There's also a lot of movies on this slate that I don't know that I would have gone to the theater to see, but will definitely watch at home. The Matrix 4. You don't want to go and watch uh, Tom and Jerry in the theater? (laughs) No. Uh, The Matrix 4. That doesn't come out until December. I want to believe that by December, you know, we'll be fully vaccinated and ready for action. But I don't really remember the first three Matrix movies. I loved them, but yeah. going back and having to rewatch them seems like daunting. a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot. But of if work. it gets if it gets good reviews, I'll check that out. Dune is another movie that I, I love. Timothy Chalamet. I love Zendaya. I am well aware of the legacy and lore of the book that I have never read, but it, it looks it's like hard. a lot of movie and like a big commitment. But you know, at home, you can just turn it on, turn it off. I have PTSD from that book from AP English a hundred years ago. So I I'll watch it just because of the cast, but I don't, it's not a movie that I would run to the theater for, for sure. You don't run to the theater for Jason Momoa. <laughs> no, I, I sure don't. I sure don't. I'll, I would run for Oscar Isaac though. He's okay. Yeah. No, that comes He's out. Not, in, that comes yeah. out in October. There's also the trailer enough. Um, there's also those who wish me dead, which is a movie that I hasn't been getting a ton of buzz, but Angelina Jolie is in it. And I feel like I haven't watched a movie with Angelina Jolie in it in quite a long time. I think the last movie I watched with her was Maleficent. The first one or the second one? 
I didn't watch the second one. So it's been many years. Yeah, many, many years. Um, good for Angelina Jolie. Well, in May, we can watch that movie. Um, I am looking forward to watching King Richard, uh, the movie where Will Smith will be playing Venus and Serena's dad. Venus which and I, Serena Williams? Yes, the goat. <laughs> As the opposed goat. to the other Venuses and Serenas. Yeah, I was like, do you know any others? <laughs> just kidding um but that i feel like that is a movie that i would have probably gone to the theater to watch just because i am deeply i don't know obsessed with serena williams and her entire legacy of just being the goat and not getting enough recognition well, this one doesn't come out till november and then i know you're going to go to the theater to see space jam a new legacy when that comes out in july <laughs> i know you are you've been talking about that one i know it's like sad because you can't really enjoy the original space jam anymore because of the soundtrack yikes what are you talking about <laughs> hashtag mute r kelly yeah i know that's sad rough. that's sad um okay i think this is a good time to take a break and i think when we come back we can pick back up on what netflix is going to offer us so much so, so much, much. Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. So in 2021, Netflix is releasing one movie a week this year. It actually feels like it might be more than one a week, but they put out this very schmaltzy trailer at the beginning of the year talking about all these big movies that are coming out. But the slate feels a little more mysterious. There's not release dates for all these movies. There's not trailers for all these movies. There are titles and there are star power. But also it looks like The Rock is starring in every single one of the movies that's coming out. (laughs) Well, I mean, The Rock is everywhere. Have you seen Young Rock? No, but my mom show. Okay, that tracks. Yeah. So it seems like a situation where we're going to have to wait for more information for a lot of these. Uh, Some of the movies that have already come out have been Pieces of a Woman, which is getting award season buzz for Vanessa Kirby's performance. Uh, Malcolm and Marie with Zendaya and John David Washington, which um, I have not seen. I haven't either. But it has gotten mixed reviews. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of those mixed reviews are bad reviews. Right. Well... (laughs) But still, it has. So we've got these like high prestige movies. Then we have these other movies that are sort of the Netflix franchises, like To All the Boys I've Loved Before Three and Kissing Booth Three, which is just you know a little a little more varied than the HBO Max lineup. The spectrum is just so large. Um, like I recently watched The White Tiger, which is a great film. It was produced by Priyanka Chopra. If you haven't seen it on Netflix, I highly recommend. But then there's this onslaught of you know like the movies like. You mentioned to all the boys I've loved before, whatever. And it's, I watch that. I don't regret it, but I just, it sort of feels like the final destination movies. Will it ever end? Was this the end? Is it this over? was, this was in fact the end. It was uh, based on a book series that had three books in it. So, I mean, you never know when they're going to milk that again, but it felt like the end. They said it was the end. They also said, this is the end of the kissing booth, which I'm sorry. The kissing booth should have never started. <laughs> Thank God. It's all the boys' movies. The first one is legitimately very good, and the other two are cute, if not as yeah. solid. The Kissing Booth movies 
garbage are horrible just like pure garbage i mean i still watch them but mm -mm. no same but those are like good movies to like fold your laundry to (laughs) exactly yeah well one movie that's coming out uh in march that i am looking forward to that they have announced is operation varsity blues the college admissions scandal which is going to be a documentary about uh Lori lachlan and felicity huffman and all the other people in that circle who were cheating their way into college right so cheating their way into their children's college i should say it also this feels like it happened so soon like it it was so recent that they've already made a movie about but i guess it's been a whole year she's already in and out of prison her husband is now still in prison Lori laughlin mm-hmm. um i think this is gonna re-up the entire conversation about i'm excited to watch this i just don't want them to do another press tour of like i don't need to see olivia jade back on red table talk talking about oh no i don't think the, the accused i don't think the accused are going to be like promoting this movie <laughs> Well, I mean, no, I don't think there's a. Pr- I don't think she decided to go and. I have to assume they weren't interviewed for this movie. I don't think it's going to show there. I mean, maybe, but oh, also it's from the same producers of the Fire Festival movie, the Netflix. Oh, Fire I watched movie. all of the movies about that. I think there's so, two, but I watched them both, and it was great. I'm um, looking forward to that. That will be fun. I already feel like I know everything that happened with this, but I'm still excited to get no, more it's information. Messy and it's like, yeah, I want to know. And allegedly, they have like recordings of the the conversations that took place about how they were going to cover up the lies. Oh, juicy! Well, who's getting on that rowing machine for the photos? Oh God, I can't wait to see those photos again. You know they're going to be back. So good. Um, oh. On the other side of the spectrum, I am also very excited for this musical movie coming to Netflix called Tick Tick Boom, which is. Lin-Manuel Miranda, once again, the busiest man in Hollywood. This is his directorial debut. He is making a movie from a musical play um, that was written by Jonathan Larson, who was also the guy that wrote Rent. And it stars Andrew Garfield. 6,900. No. I'm always always wrong. 500? 400? It's 525,600 minutes. How do you measure? <laughs> there you go. Do the whole I got thing. It. No, I don't want well, to. Instead of you, it's going to be Andrew Garfield singing in this movie. Was Andrew That's Garfield right. the singer? Do we know that? So this has not been well documented. The only time I've ever seen evidence of Andrew Garfield singing on the internet is in an interview with Peter Travers, who makes all of his interviewees sing a little bit at the end of his interviews. And Andrew Garfield was allowed to sing any song of his choice, and he chose the Bed Intruder song. I mean, this was quite a few years ago, but do you remember that? Like the Hide Your Kids, Hide Your Wife? Yeah. So he sang that, the remix of the Bed Intruder. Looking for you. We gonna find you. We gonna find you. You can run and tell that. Run and tell that. Run and tell that. Homeboy. Homeboy. Home, okay, so home the answer boy. here is that Andrew Garfield is not a singer. <laughs> Yeah, you can't really, you don't really see the range based on no. that. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I would have, I could see Andrew Garfield being like a theater dude. Well, he's been in theater, just not in musicals. So, right. Um, but I feel like it's also that thing where 90% of Hollywood secretly can sing. Like, 
they act like or they just like have so much at their disposal like disposal that of course they can sing after all this training right. that they go through you know what i mean well i don't know any amount of training is not going to turn me into a singer but remember when jennifer lawrence said she had a terrible voice and she couldn't sing and they made her sing in the hunger games and then oh my god that song was charting on billboard and on the radio are you are you coming to sing that song becky sing it it was like are you are you you (laughs) coming to the tree then they put like this like bass behind it and to make it into a clubby song and then it was on the radio i like that it was a weird time i heard it in a Dwayne reed once there you go what a a great memory but then there's also remember when Emily Blunt all of a sudden was in Into the Woods and you're like, can Emily Blunt sing? And then all of a sudden she's singing in every movie she's in. Yeah. It's like, but... welcome back to Mary Poppins so you can sing again and lots of other things. But that happens a lot. I didn't know Reggae Jean Page could sing until he hosted Saturday Night Live. I don't think I'd ever heard him talk outside of Bridgerton, if I'm being honest. But yeah, I was like, did we know anything about but this they, man? But did you notice how many times I got him to sing in that episode? A lot he of times. good. He was great. Okay, we're getting a little bit off track. So I'm excited about that movie. What movies are you excited about that are going to be on Netflix? I'm excited about The, um, the Harder They Fall, which is going to star Regina King, Lakeith Stanfield and idris elba that alone that cast i don't care what it's about it could be them sitting in a room alone literally not doing anything i would still watch it but what is it about well it's it's a western and we don't really know what it's about because it's netflix and netflix is precious and they don't tell us anything that's happening so but it stars these three people and what else do you need to know just watch it that's exactly how i feel about the movie red notice which stars the rock ryan reynolds and gal gadot three people who are very famous (laughs) (laughs) starring in a movie soon coming to netflix with no specific release date well this one is about an interpol agent and an art thief that sounds pretty good yeah it'll be fun i think i think the rock and ryan reynolds will have good like chemistry funny banter together i'm confused by his career path in general i'm not gonna lie uh ryan reynolds or the rock yes ryan reynolds oh yeah i mean his career is like rom-coms to just being dead but now it's like he left all that behind but no, well, he left all his rom-coms behind, but now it's like he's in every like action movie that involves like a buddy. He was in Safe House with Denzel Washington. Were they buddies? I haven't seen that. Mm, it was mostly just like Denzel telling him what to do. But that's action-y. Also, he was in the Amityville Horror when I was like, oh, fucking horrifying. Did you watch that movie? It's based on a no, true events. But okay. I think I miss his comedy days. Is what I'm getting at. Um, Deadpool's not enough for me. He'll be back. Well, he's coming back here. He made Red Notice just for you. He's coming back here to my house. He's coming back. He's coming back here, Red Notice, just for you. I can't wait to see him. Well, that movie has a lot of famous people in it, but not as many famous people as Don't Look Up, which is Adam McKay's movie that they were filming very recently. So I have to assume it's not coming out until the end of the year, but they have said it's going to come out on Netflix this year. Um... This movie has such star power as Jennifer Lawrence, Leonardo DiCaprio, and then also Timothy Chalamet, Kate Blanchett, Meryl Streep, Jonah Hill, Chris Evans, Ariana Grande, and Kid Cudi, and what? many others. Just like truly everyone. Everyone is in this movie. Also, this is very confusing to me that this is a straight to Netflix movie and they convinced all these people to be in it. Right. Well, it's unclear if I'm sure it was originally supposed to get a wide release. Um 
But yeah, it's about two astronomers who are informing the public that a destructive comet is approaching Earth. I do like the idea of Jennifer Lawrence and Leo DiCaprio co-starring. Maybe is she going to be the new Margot Robbie? His like new co-star and everything. Remember when Jennifer well, Lawrence was I, I think you mean... movie with Chris Pratt? <laughs> Remember that I movie? Think... I saw that movie in the theater. That movie no. wasn't that bad. What? Oh my God, it was so bad. That was a terrible movie. But I think a better question is, is Leonardo DiCaprio the new Bradley Cooper? Because I think Jennifer Lawrence has made more movies with Bradley Cooper than Leonardo DiCaprio has made with Margot Robbie. Think about it. Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, but no, he's not. No, okay. You're like only right like 60% of the time. Interestingly, that's so false. Interestingly, <laughs> based on the photos, it looks like Jennifer Lawrence's love interest is actually going to be Timothy Chalamet and not what I would have expected to be, which what? is Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. That is confusing. I don't hate it. You don't? I think I hate it. I mean, at least she's not a cannibal. He's moving up with his love interests. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, mean, I was that like, we know. That we know. get through this? Without the cannibalism being brought up. No, it turns out we can't. We're not capable. I just have to live in a world where I assume any celebrity might secretly have cannibalistic tendencies now. This is what Army Hammer has done to me. <laughs> I mean, it just further, you know, reinstates that we don't know them. Because exactly. they are celebrities and they all live in an alternate reality that we could never understand. Let's take a break. Let's do it. So there's obviously a lot of options for movies that we can watch at home, but those are not all the movies that are coming out this year. There are still many big blockbusters. And like we said, now that movie theaters are opening up more, it does seem optimistic that we might actually get to see some of these movies being released. I know some of the movies that I still really would like to see and in the theater would be great are A Quiet Place 2. That's been pushed back over a year and is now coming out in September. So many Marvel movies. The Black Widow movie is now allegedly coming out in May, and they say that they're still trying to release it in the theater, but I am skeptical. At certain points, they said they were going to maybe charge uh, a premium for it on Disney+, Plus, so maybe they'll still go that route. But at this point, you would think that they would just hold on to it, but it seems like it's holding up a whole Like onslaught of, uh, yeah, like other movies that need to be released following this one. Right. As of right now, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is also a Marvel movie that's supposed to come out in July. Eternals is supposed to come out in November. And Spider-Man 3 is supposed to come out in December. And those are just the movies (laughs) not taking into account the fact that there's two more Marvel shows coming to Disney Plus between now and June. They just announced a Loki show is going to be in June after the Falcon. Freaking Marvel. It's like world domination. Like they're everywhere. Also, it's like all these actors are like have signed this contract with blood. They can't go anywhere. They have to like only start in Marvel movies until the end of time. It feels like. Well, I'm also like these poor like next phase Marvel people who haven't been introduced to the world before, like the cast of Eternals and Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, who are, you know, waiting for their big break. They were waiting in the sidelines. Let us out. Let us out. Right. While like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. are taking their long winter snaps. No, but I think Chris Evans is like, please, God, let me out of here. Is it over yet? Am no, he's so happy to be out. Yeah. And then there's other, you know, garden variety. I can't believe they're still making these movies like Mission Impossible 7, F9, which <laughs> Fast and Furious is not my thing. I, I stopped watching the Fast and Furious movies. Obviously, 
Becky knows I don't like to discuss it too often, but I really can't watch any more Fast and Furious movies after Paul Walker's death. R.I.P. It's been a long day without you, my friend. It's been a long... Just kidding. You're not <laughs> Oh, man. What a time um, in our lives. I know. They need to stop making those movies. It's been enough. It's enough. Yeah, I mean, I think they are. But then there's also Top Gun 2 and James Bond, No Time to Die, in terms of other, you know, Who anticipated by that? some sequels. Like, who's watching James? I don't, I don't, I'm not like a big Daniel Craig stand, so I'm like confused as to who is still watching these movies. But apparently, yeah, people, people, are... people love Bond movies, and I guess, I mean, Top Gun is fine. This might be an unpopular opinion. I didn't see Top Gun until late in life, and I liked it. Well, my like, oh man, the sequel I've been waiting for forever is Miles Teller and Top Gun 2 Maverick. <sighs> no, no. Also, I'd rather watch Space Jam too than he seems Top like Gun a little too. snot. I don't really like Miles Teller. <laughs> no, he's been gone for a while, and I was okay with that. Yeah, hard. But, I mean, this means two Tom Cruise movies in the same year potentially. Oh yeah! Remember when Tom Cruise was like yelling at his crew about following um, COVID protocol in the summer? We are not shutting this movie down. Is it understood? If I see it again, you're gone, and so are you. So you're going to cost him his job. And it was like a big news story. Like, look, Tom Cruise believes in COVID. I'm like, well, that's good, I guess, as a Scientologist. Oh, man. You know, one of the things that I'm not over in the theme of the podcast was how good Tom Cruise was in Jerry Maguire. That was like the peak of his career. And you thought, man, this actor is going to have a great dramatic career. And then it seemed like because he didn't get the Oscar, he decided to do a Just hard pivot into only yeah. action movies. He loves doing that shit, like jumping out of planes and like I don't know, all kinds of insane crap. Loves to do yeah, it. Yeah, and He's I don't care about it. found an audience. I mean, no, yeah, I don't either. Well, and like why would he stop? He, he jumps out of planes. His girlfriends just keep getting younger, even though he just keeps getting older. <laughs> I don't think that's exclusive to Tom Cruise. I think that's... Sorry, I meant, his on I meant his on-screen. <laughs> I meant his on-screen girlfriends. Oh, I was like, <laughs> I think that's not... I mean, the, the, the women who... But it's also not exclusive to Tom Cruise. Leo and Nardo DiCaprio, yeah. It's like they all get younger. Just sad. It's sad. It's sad when you've aged out of. You're still like 20 years younger than Leo, but you have aged out of being his girlfriend in the yeah. threshold. Sad. It is sad. All right. Well, I think we've reached the natural end of today's podcast, and now it is time for your burning question. Are you ready? What do you think is going to be the first movie you're going to see in the theater now that they're reopening? Mm. I, I guess. I, I would like to see Spider-Man 3. I love Tom Holland. I think You think it's not it. going to be until December? I'm not, Yeah, I'm not going to the theater until I'm full and vaxxed and the majority of the people around me are vaxxed. I don't trust anybody. If, if I've learned one thing this year is that I do not trust a single person. So I'm not getting back out there until we're all vaxxed. That's my stance. Mic drop. Fair enough. DJ, play the Space Jam theme song. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Have something to share? Email us at notoveritpopsugar.com. Not Over It is a podcast from Pop Sugar and iHeartRadio. It is hosted by me, Becky Kirsch, and Zareen Siddiqui. Our producer is Emily Feld. Our editor is John Ross. Our executive producers are Lisa Sugar and Brett Kushner. Thanks for listening. <laughs>